The room is relationships. The room is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Now it is recording. Okay. Yeah, there's our there's our warning. We have to behave ourselves now. Oh, oh hi,、man. Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one sec. I just want to have it playing in the background, and silent. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> Oh, I, I never do that when I'm recording anything. Actually, you just want the soundtrack for this one because then you can just hear that you are my rose. Oh, oh, that song is going to be in this episode.、Rose. You know that.、Oh, yeah. So, did they have a friend that they were like, you know, she can't sing, but we really like her, so let's let her sing for this. I think this is like a legitimate song, right? Define legitimate. Uh, it、yeah. exists in the world. Okay, it does exist in the world. <laughs>、yes. oh, oh, hi, Allison. <laughs> oh, hi, Rob. And oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute twenty, in which the sex lingers. <laughs> Never has there been a worse description of what is going on with two people than to say the. But it's not wrong. It, it, it is not wrong. The only thing that could have been worse for them is it drags on. It does drag on. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> it is just so bad and awkward. And I don't think I don't know that Kitra Williams was a friend, but I know that Tommy specifically did not want to buy a song that he had to like pay, like license through some real singer. So he may have just found like some person who barely had a career. I I haven't looked up Kitra Williams, or maybe I didn't found nothing. I don't remember. And so he went and found this song, and then the other songs that are in this are all these. You can imagine that the singer could eventually do something good. But、um, like pick up、it? drums, or <laughs> <laughs> not ever sing again. <laughs> like make a pie. You know, <laughs>、um. you know this kind of reminds me when、um, we had not been married long, and, and my wife and I joined this church. And the music director comes up to us, and he's talking to my wife. He's like, "Oh, you need to come join the choir. You're so great." And he turns and looks at me and goes, "Hey, Walt." And he turns back to my wife and he's like, "Oh yeah, you need. It'd be great to have you in the choir." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess he's heard my singing." And, <laughs> and it's kind of like this. It's not good. It's not enjoyable. But then they have it cranked up so loud over the top of this sexual disaster. <laughs> that,、um, it just, if the scene could have been ruined, this would have taken care of it.、Um, Now, listeners, you still can't hear him, but Curtis is still with us, and we hope to have him from later episodes where we can hear him. He does have some information for us on the song. Apparently, this was a couple of people that sang together as a hobby, and they did it for fun. Got paid about a grand 
were promised royalties but never got any. Oh, well, that stinks. Okay, so he he gives this one line to the song, Your touch pulling the fire out of me. Your touch like the wind uh, crashing on the trees. Your kid, I mean, this is horrible. I got it as crashing on the sea myself. Your your kiss as gentle as a summer breeze. Your love is what I need to set me free. A rose is what you are to me. See, that's sweet. <laughs> if written by like you know a twelve year old or something. Um, <laughs> You're like an inanimate object that's green and red. The smell yes. of wonders and oh so sweet. You, you are a rose to me. You are my rose, baby. You are a rose to me. You are. My rose. And then we're to minute 20. My rose, baby. You are my <laughs> rose. You are my rose. You are my rose. And so on. And then at the end, it says, do you like me? Check one. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I know. It says, was the sex good? <laughs> Check yes no, or no. Okay. Should we use a bed next time? Yes, no. <laughs> so they they end this. And they come back to them, and his question is, why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this to me? Why? Johnny's my best friend. That really sums this up. And I know okay, yeah. they weren't going the same direction that I went with it, but I was like, yeah, that was pretty terrible. And then he's like, oh, no, you just ruined my friendship with my best friend. But... Which, you know, he obviously has no culpability in this because he made no decisions. (laughs) You know, she's the vixen here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think that, I think the whole audience cries out with that question. Why did you do this to me? Why did you make me watch this movie? Yes. (laughs) And before he asks this, he already has his shirt back on and buttoned. (laughs) He can't get out of there fast enough. Even though she is just now pulling her dress up. (laughs) So bad. So dumb. <laughs> He's ready to be done with it. And this is, by the way, 30 seconds in. So the sex does last 30 seconds of this minute, basically. <laughs> and we basically skipped right over it. <laughs> we talked about it last minute in many pieces. We, and we've had our fill. The sex is shown from an interesting angle. It's like from behind the railing. It's a very narrow it? staircase. Where else are you going to film it? <laughs> They could have filmed it in the room and not on the <laughs> stairs. Yeah, she had him on a chair. And then he gets up, she leads him to the stairs. She, she could have just shoved him back into the chair. Well, obviously the chemistry between the two of them was just so electric that they couldn't make it all the way upstairs. Yes. No. Had to do it right then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because he owed her one. Oh, no, that was for the phone call. <laughs> Well, I, I, from a plot standpoint, it, it, it is interesting how fast he's running from this. And he's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, this was a, you know, why did you do this to me? This is a big mistake. He's really moving as fast as he can. But it, he, I don't know what look they were going with him either that he doesn't really have like a, like he looks forlorn or sad. Yeah. Well, he's, he's afraid he's going to lose his best friend. Wasn't too afraid to not make out with her. Well, no, because she had the sexy dress and the music and the candles, which didn't exist. <laughs> Irresistible. Uh-huh. This is how women exist in Tommy Wiseau's world, is when they come on to you, you don't have a choice. And that makes them dangerous. Anything for Tommy's princess. Uh-huh. 
including Mark. Anything for my princess. <laughs> oh, she she should have just asked Tommy for him. Um, well, I, I somehow managed to uh, watch this with the closed caption on. Well, you have to. Y- you have to. Because you're old. Have you watched with closed captioning? Yes. Have you noticed that they only caption about every other sentence? Well, it's it's cheap captioning. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau went with a cheap company, and that's how they do it for a lot of like TV shows. We use that a lot because it's cheaper and it goes faster when there's a lot of dialogue. Is they'll cut out lines. Well, and the problem with it was, they he would say something, and they would not have her line, and then he would say something else. So it made absolutely no sense. Ah, I didn't notice that on this one. Let's see. You definitely notice it later when she's arguing with her mom. Ah, yeah. I haven't watched it on the... Is that closed captioning on watching it online or on... No, on DVD. It's a horrible DVD. My mic seems to be working. Can you guys hear me? (gasps) Oh, my God! (laughs) Oh, hi, Curtis. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Robert. Curtis, it's good to hear from you. (laughs) You would not believe what was wrong with my computer that was keeping me from recording podcasts. Oh, my God. What? It was something really stupid, wasn't it? Mute button. (laughs) No, no, no. It was some complicated... Some microphone that I owned three years ago was taking control of the computer and wouldn't let everything else in. So I've got my sound turned way, way down so it doesn't echo through anybody else because it's a cheap mic. <laughs> but you guys can hear me okay? Yes. That's incredible. Yes. Great. Yeah, that's great. <sighs> so you got paid to sing the song? Huh? Not him. Oh, oh. no. I mean... Oh my gosh, that would have been great if Curtis was the one who sang this. Oh no, it says this was a couple people that sang together as a hobby. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not the, he's not one of them. Okay. That would be a get, you know. That would be huge. <laughs> we got the singer who sang it. the theme to the room. Let's see, does Kitra Williams have grace? So where oh, are we? Oh, okay, okay. I got it. Having I got sex it on now. The stairs I thought still? that like someone was like, "Let's pay someone to sing the song from the room." Oh, why would anybody do that? And so it was like an acapella group, like covering songs, and he was part of it, and he got paid a grand. I was so. <laughs> I was so... Well, one person, one person thinks that they got paid about five hundred, and the other one's like, "No, we got paid about a grand." But they were. Uh, they were thinking about going to ask him for more money because they were promised royalties, but they never like got brave enough to. According, this is all according to a story I read this morning. It makes sense for the way this production was. People that got fired and then came back for their last paycheck and had trouble getting it. This this has to be one of the strangest, you know, like behind the scenes of any movie I've ever heard of. Yeah, they made a whole movie about how strange it was. Yeah, so I found. Yeah. I found a Kitra Williams on Instagram who has a private account. I think the room minute needs to follow her and see if she'll see. Well, I just started following the actress last night. Julia Daniel? Yeah. Her her Instagram and Twitter are pretty good. She's very seems like a very she's sweet good. person. She looks incredibly nice. Hangs out with her husband, paints pictures of spoons, sells them on Etsy. Doesn't deserve all the SHIT she gets in the midnight screenings. No. No way. Well, it, it, she isn't still acting, is she? She, she did up no. until 2013. But even that, wasn't it just that little, have you checked on Denny short film? Well, or she seen like else? some shark movie? Not Sharknado. No, it was like a Sharknado <laughs> ripoff. 
A Sharknado ripoff. That yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that sounds right. Oh, she was in Ghost Shark Two. Yeah, there we go. Jaws in 2015. <gasps> Why have I not seen this? It's free on Prime. Add that to my watch list. <laughs> Your watch list is a nightmare. It is. And then it just gets longer and longer. So if I don't watch enough movies in a day, it just gets chaotic. Um, this is, by the way, the second of seven times we are told that Mark and Johnny are best friends. They really want to make sure that you understand And the it. third one will be next minute. Um, well, it's important. We have to be told their relationship because we don't see it. They haven't had a scene together yet, so it's important. Also, this isn't the way that best friends behave. <laughs> uh, no, it is not. Well, I think the point of the movie, if anything, is unfortunately this is the way that best friends sometimes behave. They steal each other's women or get seduced by each other's women and their relationship falls apart and one of them kills themselves. Well, them. now, are you Spoilers. sure that's what it's supposed to be? Because <laughs> I just watched it last night with fresh eyes for the, you know, without uh, seeing any... Any twenty things that are wrong with the movie. Okay. It really seems like he was trying to depict women as being evil. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a but Mark is a victim. Yeah, he's a victim. Why did why did she do this to him? Mm-hmm. Why did she tear him apart? Very, ever since Eve tricked Adam. See, Walt was complaining about the dialogue, but this dialogue is exactly what this movie needs. Because why did you do this to me? Oh yeah, no, I, I think the delivery is terrible, but I. I uh, this line is probably the best line of the entire movie. I just don't get it. Because I've been in and out of the conversation, they are having sex yeah. with their clothes totally on. It does appear that Mark never gets his pants off, yeah. Well, and there's a scene where he's running his hand up the side of her body and her dress is totally on, and then the camera pans across the steps and her dress is totally on. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes the shirt is off, but then sometimes it's on. And then the shirt's back on. The shirt yeah. moves around a lot. It's almost like they filmed several takes and didn't have a continuity person. <laughs> almost. Almost like that, yes. Luckily, they we had know a script better. supervisor, but he was busy directing. <laughs> well, and also, boy, are we ever getting into it? Are we ever getting a look into the head of uh, Tommy Wiseau here and what he thinks sex yeah. is? And what he thinks a movie is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that he, the, the sex on the stairs. Like, yeah, it seems like it's that thing, like, they couldn't make it upstairs because they were, they, like, the passion overtook them. But when I went back, I mentioned this before, last minute, and looked at movies with sex scenes on stairs, there actually aren't that many. And I'm wondering, where do we get that idea that, like, sex happens on stairs because you can't make it up them? Like, it's kind of dumb. I, I, think <laughs> it I, is dumb. I think I've just... I have to... According to Room 19... Oh, wait. I don't think they had sex. Hold on. He, his <laughs> pants doesn't come off. Her dress... I think they're just making out very heavily. I think this is not sex. Well, he also sort of left in the middle of it. He was out of the shot for a while. Yeah, and then came back. I mean, he could have been doing something to her at the time, but I'm not sure he did anything. Or she did anything to I him. I don't think either of them... I don't think either of them did anything. There is no evidence that they had any sex whatsoever. Certainly no, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, intercourse. Um, intercourse, there was a more te- more clinical term. Um. Mattress mamba. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely didn't have that because there's no mattress. Um, and not much mambo. 
penetration. That was the word I was looking for. I don't think that happened. What was it? Seinfeld said that sex happens when the nipple first makes an appearance. (laughs) So something was going on here. Yeah. But. And the moans clearly sell that something good was happening. Or, well, something. Something was happening, yes. Something was certainly happening. Not sure what. They made a connection of some kind. (laughs) (laughs) They did things that best friends usually don't. Well, he's not her best friend. She's just using him. Although she did save his life once. Well, or actually, Johnny did because of her. It's confusing. This whole thing is confusing. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when a sex scene takes multiple episodes of a podcast. Except, it's not really sex. Well, it's a sex scene. There's just no actual sex. Well, here's the re- here's the way I can tell. Earlier in the movie, when they depicted sex, there was thrusting. Yes. So I... Did you guys... I, I'm sure you guys talked about it because it went on for several minutes there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, were Tommy and this actress together? No. No. I guess that's as far down the road as we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for filming the earlier sex scene, uh, Sandy Jaclair, who arguably directed most of the movie, quit because he didn't want to film it. He said he wouldn't film pornography. But he probably directed this scene. Yeah, I would say this that this scene would not fall into the pornography realm. No. I'm not sure what realm it's in, but, I mean, it's barely interesting except for our format. Yeah. It's such a train wreck. This movie is such a train wreck. <laughs> is everyone else just staring at this scene on silent playing over and over again? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I, I, I can't do that. No. <laughs> I'm actually looking at Sandy Claire's book to double check that he doesn't say anything about this scene. So let me ask you this, and I, I was I was trying to think this one through in my head, and I haven't come to a conclusion. If this scene had better chemistry, yeah, would it have hooked you into the movie more? Hmm. Because I don't. When I watch this, I have no no emotional connection to the characters whatsoever. And even through the end, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I, get to, I got to the end and I was like, yeah, well, whatever. I think yes. Because, for example, one of the ones I talked about a few minutes ago, um, Thomas Crown Affair. Watching that sex scene out of context now, it comes across really weird because the music doesn't fit. They keep cutting to mm-hmm. shots of these statues above the staircase. But when I saw that movie in the theater, that was freaking hot. That these two, like Rene Russo and Pierce Brosnan going at it, and it was like a big deal in the movie. And so it worked. Out of context, it didn't work. We're slowing this down into a way that it's never going to work now. Right. But, yeah, if they had chemistry, like if Ju- if Juliet and Greg had, a, like, meshed better and we could, we wanted them to get together on those stairs. Like, if this came later in the movie and we even knew the two characters. Right. It would be better. Yeah. I even think if you didn't want them together, but you cared about the characters, yeah. that it would be a stronger scene. And, so, you know, something that you just said about the Thomas Crown Affair, when they kept cutting away to the statues, you get a sense that the movie is art. Yeah. You don't get that sense here. No. It's almost just like, okay, let's just film these two doing whatever they're doing, whether they're actually having sex or not. 
we're just going to film it and move the camera around a little bit. But this is this doesn't even feel like it's art. Now, on that note, what about the cutaways to the water decoration or the candles in the other sex scene? Hmm. Is Tommy Wiseau a better director of sex scenes than Sandy Chaclair, who directed this one? Well, you know, he had a couple people that it would have been impossible for them to be having sex, so he was using the the stairs and the things blocking the camera pretty well to imply it. It isn't until analyzing it right now that I realized that they could actually be doing it. There's kind of an art to that. Whose idea was it for it to be on the stairs? Do we know that? I believe that's straight from the script. Yeah. So it's they Tommy. Don't, they don't make it upstairs, yeah. I would have thought that it was the company that built the stairs and this was like a product <laughs> placement. <laughs> a quick correction for those following along. Two notes in the original script, of course. The room doesn't have two floors, so there are no stairs. And Mark and Lisa have sex on the bed. Well, also in the script, this scene is later. This scene happens after the night that Tommy gets drunk and supposedly hits Lisa. And so we would have known Lisa a little better at this point. We still wouldn't have seen Mark except for the phone conversation. Wait a minute. The uh, Hold on. The script has this later? Yeah. She doesn't actually have sex with Mark until, <laughs> or, well, have quote-unquote sex with Mark until after Tommy got drunk and supposedly hit her. So in the script, they build the characters better and... Make you actually care about her because she just got beat up by this jackass. Mm -hmm. And instead of you being, you know, like sensitive to her and compassionate towards her, now she's just seduced her boyfriend's best friend. Yeah. Because she wanted to instead of because he beat her. Yes. This edit makes her more evil and Tommy more nice because... The movie doesn't really give us a, any reason ever to believe that Tommy hit her. See, because this, okay, Johnny. so, so because of the way that this runs in the, the actual film, like, I don't like either one of these two. Yeah. But at least if I knew that, that Tommy had hit her, I could see why he was being compassionate towards her and why she was looking for comfort somewhere else. There's a scene later on where they, where they get drunk. And he kind of pushes her, and it was always, I guess I'm just realizing it now on this viewing, if this was placed after that, then her claims, the scene also where she says that Tommy hit her could also be there, and it would make sense. Yeah. See, if this scene came then, we would probably believe he hit her, which I'm pretty sure Tommy wouldn't want. He wouldn't want us to think Johnny actually hit her. He wants us to think... She is lying about that. She got him drunk on purpose right. so that she could lie. And so in the movie version, not only that, she already cheated on him with Mark. Well, if I pay $6 million to recall an event that happened during my lifetime, better believe I'm making myself look like the good person. Y yeah. I, I guess that's, that says something about either Tommy Wiseau's horribly low self-esteem mm. or really high self-esteem. Well, he constantly has people saying, oh, you're such a good guy. Because, yeah, the movie is about how Tommy, who was basically Johnny, is, or Johnny, who was basically Tommy, is a great guy, except his girlfriend 
seduces his best friend and what? Like, everything goes badly. Is this yeah. movie supposed to be autobiographical? Partly. No, but we're speculating. Okay. He did have a horrible breakup that went badly and that influenced what he ended up writing, yeah. Gotcha. He obviously didn't kill himself in real life, though. No, he's still alive. Well, he made this movie and it killed his career. So he metaphorically. <laughs> well, I don't himself. know that he's... It, yeah, it killed a different I don't know that he's doing that bad. <laughs> well, he, he owns a lot of good equipment. To, well, Tommy killed... Tommy Wiseau, the fictional construct, killed Pierre, who was his, the real guy. I am so much more. Okay. Um, I hate this movie even more now that I know <laughs> that the script actually had this being better than what ended up on on screen. Well, just like listeners know, we recorded this on the same day because I've already talked about the cursed audio. The opening line in the script is Lisa waking up and asking if she's a slave here, which sets a whole different tone for the movie. That is a completely different tone. Yeah. And that's just not in there at all. Not even when that scene comes a little later, but she doesn't wake up and say that. No, uh, the, the way that it is on the screen, for as much as I was awake watching it, <laughs> um, it paints her basically as just, she doesn't love him. Right. She's with him for the money. Mm-hmm. And because her mom has basically manipulated her and she seduces the best friend because she loves him or likes him better or, you know, whatever. And even though I don't really like Tommy or Johnny, whoever, I don't like the, her boyfriend, like it really paints her in a bad light, but the script has her as a sympathetic character. Yeah, a little more. So do they know anything about making movies? (laughs) Because you want to like the characters and you don't like her in the film, but you would like her if it, if the, it was filmed off the script. Yeah, you definitely like her more. Well, except that the way it's filmed, you're supposed to like Tommy or uh, Johnny. Yeah. Right, yeah. I think once it was on screen, it once they were actually making it, Tommy realized that in order to make Johnny more likable, you got to start with the scene where he brings her a gift. you got to start with them having sex. you got to get to her and Mark faster so that she seems horrible. Well, you know, the other line in this minute that makes her seem horrible is he says, Johnny's my best friend, and her response to that is, didn't you enjoy it? Do I not entertain you? Didn't you enjoy it? (laughs) (laughs) Was I not good at this? And and so she's not really going back to, uh, you know, I'm sorry that this is going to affect your friendship with your best friend. She goes to, well, you know, didn't you enjoy this? A ghost of yeah. uh, of her, of our sympathy from an earlier draft. Yeah. For her. Right. But, well, he does respond well. He says, that's not the point. <laughs> it's not the point. Yeah. And he, he is right. And then she ends the minute by saying, I love you, Mark. I love you, Mark. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, it makes sense. Has anyone ever tried... To re-edit this movie and make it make sense. To re-edit? To re-edit it. I don't, I haven't seen anyone do one, but I think it could be done. I mean, the acting is bad in a lot of scenes, but I think if you re-edited it, the story would work better. Well, I kind of want to 
I, that's my last note too, I guess. I, I reread the script this morning and. Yeah. Boy, it's not the acting. They did what they could. True. The right, just reading the writing pissed me off. <laughs> it was. You don't like when it says in parentheses, he is yelling? <laughs> um. I, I, I'm looking on YouTube right now. It says, as 334 views, it's from four years ago. It says, the better room, my re-edited version of Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Ooh. How long is it? 18 minutes. <laughs> you need to make sure you post that link. The I wonder what's yes. in there. Comes out. And share it with us now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, what, the the movie is how many minutes? 90-something? 90, 93 minutes. <laughs> when they re-edited it to make it a good movie, it's 18 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that tell you? Well, I'm afraid that that video maybe is just a bunch of scenes of Tommy saying great lines and like that's it. I don't know. I haven't had the chance to cut out the whole plot. Now, if if there was a scene of them throwing her mom off the roof, that would be good too. (laughs) How dare you? Caroline (laughs) Monat is a wonderful person. (laughs) How dare I indeed. She drove from Orange County to L.A. every day to be on set, not knowing if she'd have a scene that day. Okay, so... (laughs) She certainly was dedicated. Yes. So, for anybody who lives in the Los Angeles area, they will know what that means. I have no idea. Like, that has no context for me. (laughs) Basically, if she's driving up in the morning, it's taking anywhere between a half an hour to an hour just to get up here. And then she has to sit on set all day because that's how Tommy ran the set. And be here every day, and then depending on when they finished, took even longer to get home. Okay. Okay, so I, I, I'm in Atlanta. It could take me 30 minutes to get to the grocery store sometimes because of traffic. But, um, okay, but that makes sense. And did they not have a schedule set up that said, okay, here's what we're shooting today? Or was it- <laughs> No, no, no. They didn't have a schedule. And that's for a particular reason. Uh, I'll read you part of Chapter 5, The Script, question mark, from Sandy Schickler's book, Yes, I Directed the Room. Tommy handed me two or three pages on that first day and every subsequent day thereafter, with no slug lines, exterior, interior, scene, location, time of day, and no action descriptions. Basically, all I had was character names and garbled, unintelligible dialogue. I had absolutely no idea what the characters were doing. This was true for the entire project. Essentially, Sandra Clare's version, and the only one who has ever disputed this is Tommy himself, and he had disputed it badly with some YouTube videos, is that all they ever had at a given time was three pages of script of what was going to be shot that day. And so they didn't know which actors would be needed for a scene. Tommy would come up with new ideas for stuff that was going in. They took down the roof set, and then Tommy decided he wanted to film another scene on the roof, so they had to put it back up. And so it wasn't scheduled very well. And Tommy made a video, one of multiple that he did attacking Sandra Jaclair. It's called Tommy Besso's The Room Script Exists, in which he shows pictures of cast members standing around with two or three pages of script stapled together, (laughs) showing that they don't have an entire (laughs) script. And then when he does actually have a shot of the entire script, it has Sandy Jaclair's handwritten notes as script supervisor on the copy because Sandy Jaclair was building a script as they went. There was no script, no shooting script as such, and no set schedule for any of it. That holds up. I can, that's very believable. 
Absolutely it is. I don't even know that much about movie production, and I, I can totally buy that. Yeah, so Carolyn Minot, for example, had to drive up from Orange County every day, and other people had to drive in. Uh, the guy who plays Peter would, had a set date where he could not be involved in the production anymore because he had another project. And he kept telling Tommy that, but they still kept putting off when he was going to be in scenes. And eventually he's just like, yeah, I got to go. And Tommy got mad at him, even though he told him up front, I can't shoot after this day. And so Peter disappears from the movie and gets replaced by another character out of nowhere. Another character that didn't make sense. Right. <laughs> but you know what? That's part of what makes this movie great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's realistic, you know. <laughs> People aren't with you every day of your life, and some friends, you don't see them for a while, and then they show up at a party. So it's fine. Oh, my God. Before we get to the end, though, we have notes from a midnight screening for Minute 20. Notes from a midnight screening. The audience sings along to the chorus of You Are My Rose, and unlike the beginning of the song where they tried to snap along to the beat and fail, they do this bar pretty well. Because this chorus is really easy to sing. Someone will probably yell again that they dented the fucking rail. Because we get to see the railing and that dent again near the end. And when Lisa asks, didn't you enjoy it? Several people will say no. (laughs) Not surprising. But I hear that's not the point. (laughs) No, I hear that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the point. Now, Curtis, since you've dis- you weren't here last minute, you can go first. Where, if the listeners would like to actually hear you, where can they do that? Uh, I'm asking people to come to the Neuromancer Minute on Facebook and pressure me into finishing that project. Okay. <laughs> it, it is, uh, uh, I'm doing the audiobook Neuromancer Minute one minute at a time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the book's not Neuromancer. The book is just yeah. Neuromancer. Cool. Oh. Uh, we'll have to check that out. And Walt, if they would like to hear even more of you, where can they do that? Best place to find us is going to be at thewilderride.com. And uh, from there, you got links to our Facebook page and all that good stuff and to uh, all the places that you can find our show. But it's nothing wrong when people make it fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us! <laughs>